Well, my friends, today the church celebrates uh, this third Sunday of Advent, which is also known as Gaudete Sunday. Uh, comes from our introit, the entrance antiphon there in Latin that Sarah sung. Gaudete in Domino Semper Itrum Dico Gaudete. It means rejoice, and it's, it's an imperative. It's rejoice. You need to rejoice. You need to be joyful. Um, the church... In during the penitential seasons of Advent and Lent, the seasons kind of marked by our wearing purple and the purple cloths and everything, about just past the midway point, so that's the third Sunday of Advent and the fourth Sunday of Lent, uh, the liturgical color for the day is rose, or rose is just the Italian and French word for pink, um, and that's why we wear the pink, the rose vestments, uh, and that's why we like the, the pink candle on the Advent wreath this week. Um, that, this, is, this is lighter than violet, right? It's lighter than purple. And it's meant to be a bit of like, look, like let's look at Lent, right? Uh, we're just over midway through Lent. You've been doing a lot of fasting and a lot of prayer and a lot of almsgiving. Like, all right, today, take a little breather, right? Like, light, lighten it up a little. Don't, don't get rid of it. But just lighten it up a little, right? And same now with this season, Advent, that we have been preparing for the coming of Christ. We have been preparing for Christmas, and we're focused on this. And today, the church is like, okay, but lighten it up a little. Like, just chill out a little bit and do what? Gaudete. Rejoice. So many of us, and let me tell you, in a parish, um, the busiest time of year is between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Advent is always the busiest time of year in any parish. And then you add on to the fact that here in our parish, with our university outreach, our students just finish exams. And so you add exams onto the busyness of getting ready for Christmas, and it just is exponentially um, added. It just, it's crazy. Right? And it can be very easy to just be like, I want Christmas to be over. Like, I'm, I'm at a point, I just want Christmas to come and go. Like, let's, let's go, let's move on. I'm ready for Easter, actually. But no, um, the church says today, amidst all the preparation and the focus and everything, hey, remember why you're doing this. Gaudete. Rejoice. We're celebrating that God becomes one of us. Right? We're celebrating that the Lord Jesus loves us so much, that God loves us so much, that he became a little baby for us, out of love for us. We're celebrating. This is what we're preparing to celebrate. And if we have lost sight of that, if we become tunnel visioned with the you know, meal preparation and the shopping and the parties and the exams and the everything then today we need the church to give us that imperative. Gaudete. And it comes from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. And he even says it's Gaudete in Domino Semper, Iterum Dico Gaudete. Rejoice in the Lord always, Iterum Dico. I'll say it again. Rejoice, Gaudete. He says it twice, right? In case you didn't get it the first time. Uh, We're going to say it again. Be joyful. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad. Our Lord is coming to us. We always 
joy should be one of the marks of the Christian. To be joyful. To be glad in the Lord. But this joy, this deep joy that the Christian should have, it's not like a giggly type joy, right? It's not like the giggly surface level um, happiness. Rather, it should be a deep and a lasting joy. It should be born of the virtue of hope, where we know that our God loves us and will not, um, will not allow his promises to us to go unfulfilled. It's a deep, supernatural joy. It is, as St. Jose Maria would say, gaudium cum pace. It's joy with peace. There's a peace about the joy of Christians. That there's this, I'm, I rejoice that I have God as my Father. I rejoice that God loves me so much that he became uh, a little child for my salvation. I rejoice in the Holy Spirit sent forth upon us in order to lead us and guide us in the ways of holiness. Um, We should rejoice in these things, to be glad in the Lord. And we rejoice in the things that our Lord uh, has done. This, particularly in this Advent, in this season of joy. When John the Baptist sends his, uh, his disciples to Christ, to say, are you the one to come or should we look for another? Now, some people say like, John the Baptist is in prison and he's doubting. That's, not, that's nonsense. John the Baptist is the prophet. He knows who Jesus is. He's not doubting at all. But he sends the disciples so that they would know to go to Christ when, he, when John's time in this world ended. And so uh, he sends them to, to Jesus. Are you the one who's to come or should we look for another? And Jesus doesn't just say, yep. It's me. Like, that's, I'm the one. No, no. He says, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. These are the things the Messiah would do. And so Jesus says, rather than just give me the short answer, yes, it's me, he says, all these things are happening. And look, these are reasons to rejoice in our church in this time, in this time of year in particular. We too should rejoice in the good works of God that are happening. A lot of people go to confession before Christmas. And you know, that one person who goes, who's been away from the church for 20 years, who uh, has been dead in their sin, goes to confession, receives absolution, and is spiritually brought back to life, the dead are raised. That one person who has totally shut themselves off from the preaching of the gospel, that the church has nothing to say to me, finally, at a Christmas Eve Mass, hears the message, the good news, that God becomes one of us and listens, and begins to learn the death here. People are going to go out and spread the good news of Jesus Christ to those who, don't, who haven't heard it. The poor have the good news proclaimed to them. The same works are happening today in a spiritual way through the church of Jesus Christ. 
And so we have that reason to rejoice in the good things that are happening through the working of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church. But above all, we rejoice in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord concludes, And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. Blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. That we rejoice in Jesus himself. God made man. God who's become one of us. That we rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice in his presence in our lives. You know, we have, um, there's a video I've been watching a lot. I just saw it yesterday and I love it. It caused me to have a good belly laugh. Um, but also, to, it's really spiritually apt. It's, um, that it's, a, it's a, a video, it's a home video or whatever of a Christmas pageant. And in this pageant, they, um, the kids are singing away in a manger. And one of the little three-year-olds, who is supposed to be a lamb or something like that, goes and takes the baby Jesus, a doll, takes the baby Jesus out of the manger and just starts dancing with it. And um, it was just so beautiful. This kid wanted to be with the baby, right? Um, well, the little girl playing the Blessed Mother didn't like that. So she went and she stole the baby back, right? Well, the girl didn't give up without a fight. So she went and she took the baby back. She waited, she let the Blessed Mother put it down, waited until her hand, and then she took it and she ran to the other side of the stage. And she was just, it was so beautiful, right? This girl just wants to be with the baby. Um, finally, it ended the girl playing Mary went and put the little girl in a headlock and got the baby back. Um, and that's where I started cracking up. But it really is, you know, there's something beautiful about this of what joy to just want to be with the baby Jesus. Like what joy we should have just wanting to be with the Christ child, right? Hopefully our lady doesn't come and put us in a headlock, but that there's something good about like, I want, you know, um, my niece, Brinley, who's adorable, like, everyone wants to hold her, right? She's the cutest baby in the world. Everyone, it's a fight who gets to hold the baby, right? It is because there's something good. We want to be with children. They, they, um, they bring joy. They bring life. And we want to be near them. And there's a joy. There's a deep joy to that, though. Again, that's not a superficial, giggly joy. That's, there's a deep and abiding joy. And that we have that in our Lord Jesus, and that we celebrate it in a special way at Christmas. And that this is a reason to rejoice, to really lose the tunnel vision, lose the busyness. The baby Jesus is coming to us. We should rejoice. Here's a final point, um, that this joy, the true joy of Christians, is endures even in the face of the cross. That even in the face of the cross, that we maintain our joy. When John the Baptist sends his disciples to Christ, he is in prison. He's in prison, where he will shortly be beheaded by King Herod. Um, that the joy that we have as Christians, uh, we have even in the midst of sufferings, pain, and difficulty, if we have that true, deep joy um, that we're able to have that with our Lord even when we suffer the cross. Uh, why? Because look, in Catholic churches, our crosses are never empty, 
right? It's never an empty cross. Look on the cross. Jesus is there. Jesus is there on the cross. And so when the cross comes to our life, we're not with it alone. Jesus is there with us. We're able to be joyful with Christ even when it means the cross. If our crosses were things we had to deal with all alone, well, then that would be a cause for great sadness. But they're not. No. As Christians, we know that whenever we have our share of pain and suffering and difficulty and mourning, that even in that we could still have joy with Christ. Because God-made man suffers with us. He suffers with us, and particularly in the holiday season. There's not one of us probably that won't be touched by the cross in some way this holiday season. Whether it's a loved one who's passed from this world this past year or even years ago, who we still will miss around the Christmas or Thanksgiving table. Um, Whether it's uh, that in this season, uh, particularly material want, material need, becomes all the more apparent and visible, um, and that we suffer that, um, you know, a real poverty uh, that we recognize, um, whether it's that we're separated by distance or even through, um, you know, separated through argumentation or differences in ideology from family and friends. Um, we may experience the cross, and many of us will experience the cross this Christmas season, uh, but even in that, We can rejoice with the Lord, that our Lord is there embracing the Holy Cross with us and for us, that he doesn't leave us alone in that, that I may have the cross on my shoulder this Christmas, but Jesus is right there with me. And so in the cross, with the cross for the Christian, always comes Christ, always. We're able to be with our Lord there uh, upon the cross. And so, uh, even when the cross comes, that does not destroy the joy of Christians. My friends, the church exhorts us today. Gaudete in Domino Semper. Iterum dico Gaudete. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Today we should heed this imperative command of the church. Be joyful in the Lord. Be joyful even with the cross. Be joyful now in this life so that we can share the joy of the Lord forever in the heavenly kingdom.